When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. Sorry, I took a few days off to uh, sort of rest up and reconfigure a few things and um, didn't do any recordings of The Tent, and I apologize for that because I know a lot of you look forward to it, but we'll, we'll try to make up for it over the next few weeks. But I wanted to talk today, uh, kind of keeping that theme about letting go a little bit, for a while anyway. I mean, if you're like, I don't know, 80% of the hobbyists out there, you tend to work pretty damn hard to make sure that you're doing all that you can for your fishes to keep them healthy and keep the environment stable. Of course, on occasion, life gets busy and you might have stretches of times where you simply are not able to take care of your aquarium or aquariums as perfectly as you'd like. You know, life happens, shit happens, things other than your aquarium take priority. Now, with our botanical-focused natural aquariums, what happens when, say, we skip a water exchange or two, or you know, replacing filter media, or maybe we can't feed as often as we used to, or is it a big problem? I mean, you have a tank filled with significant amounts of slowly decomposing leaves and botanicals and all that stuff, which contribute to the bioload of the aquarium, right? The um, that amount of material has to have some impact on water quality over time, right? It does, but not always in the way that you might think. Now, it's hardly scientific. It's more like a common sense thing. But if you're careful about how much botanical material you add in the first place and how quickly you add it, the impact of all this material is more of a positive, in my opinion. Now, all additions of botanicals to an existing aquarium need to be measured, deliberate, slow, and considerate. We know this. We've talked about this for seven years now. You need to observe your fish's reactions, monitor the water chemistry, and stay alert to the changes and demands that botanicals will place on your aquarium. And they will. There's no mystery here. Adding a ton of stuff, adding a ton of anything to an established aquarium creates environmental changes and impacts that can't be ignored. Now, again, are all these impacts necessarily bad? No, I don't think they are. If you think about it, These materials also function as a substrate, a fuel of sorts for the growth of beneficial bacteria, you know, bacterial biofilms, um, microcrustaceans, and other microorganisms within the aquarium. In my opinion and experience, when added gradually and methodically, you can look at all this stuff as the biological fuel or power station for your tank. It's the engine supporting a population of organisms which serve to break down more toxic compounds and substances via the nitrogen cycle. I think it's sort of analogous to the use of live rock in a reef aquarium, or or rock anyway. We've talked about this before. Live rock is often, in the past, has been considered an essential component of a reef aquarium because it serves as an aforementioned biological filtration substrate for the colonization of billions of nitrifying bacteria. Uh, and, and the point is, it doesn't necessarily have to be rock. It can just be on the aquarium itself and the pipes. You don't need to necessarily have rock. It's not like they're not going to find somewhere to live. The point is, 
the the fact uh, 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 in our case is that leaves provide a actual substrate they can consume. <laughs> there's something I'd like to see a little more serious research on because I, I'm pretty sure there's something there on that. So with that being said, in a population of bacteria living in, among, and on our leaves, what are the implications for us if, say, our husbandry should slip up now and again, if maybe we don't change the water as often as we used to, or um, you know, you're not feeding as much, whatever, changing filter media, that kind of stuff. Will all of the botanical material continue to break down, keeping the water, you know, tinted? Well, who cares? That's just the aesthetics. Sure, it probably will. Will biofilms continue to colonize open surfaces? Will water chemistry start swinging wildly? Will, you know, phosphate and nitrate accumulate rapidly? Will the aquarium descend into, like, utter chaos? Or will it simply continue to function as usual? It's my belief and experience that the latter is true. I mean, when you think about it, the natural botanical method aquarium is sort of set up to replicate a habitat where all this stuff is taking place already. Leaves, seed pods, all that stuff are more or less ephemeral in nature and are constantly breaking down in these environments. Decomposition, accumulation of epiphytic growth, and colonization of various life forms is continuous. Now, I realize that an aquarium is not an open system, but for the sake of this little section of the habitat, the substrate, there are many functional analogies if you study it carefully. How much more will things change by simply delaying water exchanges for several weeks, by not siphoning detritus at all? Will this really become some sort of problem? Or will bacterial, fungal growth, and other microorganisms and crustaceans, you know, and, and the life living among our botanical substrates continue to do what they do, breaking down organic waste and reproducing? I think that they will. So, look, I'm not saying ignore your aquarium and don't change waters. I'm also saying just don't get too upset if you miss something once in a while. If you're in one of those benign neglect phases in the operational cycle of your aquarium, it's entirely possible that an established microfauna population supported by extensive use of botanical materials can act as a sort of biological failsafe for your tank. Sure, botanical method aquariums are easy to maintain if you set them up and manage them correctly from the start. Now, obviously, along the way, leaves and other botanical materials will, you know, impart chemical compounds, including lignans, sugars, carbohydrates, cellulose, and of course, the coveted humic substances and tint-producing tannins that we all want during their submerged existence. The important thing to ponder when using leaves and botanicals is that you're likely to see an initial burst of all this stuff shortly after they're submerged in the aquarium, and the degree and extent to which these compounds are imparted the aquarium depends on tons of factors, environmental condition, the age of the, and condition of the leaves and botanicals, the presence of shredders and grazers in your tank, the water chemistry, uh, how old the leaves are, where they were collected from, the time of year, I and mean, there's millions of things, and the extent of your preparation process, of course. And, of course, your microfauna population will adjust and grow according to the available food sources. However... You know, these are not entirely set and forget systems, our botanical method aquariums. However, they are capable of running relatively unattended if, if you apply common sense to them. In other words, don't overpopulate your tank. Don't feed excessive amounts of food. Don't forget to engage in regular maintenance, you know, water exchanges, replacements of filter media, etc. I'm not, this is not a call to say, hey, uh, you know, I've gone two years with no filter or no water changes and my filter never needs servicing. There's always people that do that. I think that's, 
you know, people run their aquariums the way they want to. I'm not a fan of that. I, I, I saw this in the reef hobby forever. And, you know, you, some very successful aquariums run that way. I just, I just don't understand. I, I have a lot of trouble grasping why somebody wouldn't want to do water exchanges other than, you know, the labor involved. There's no reason not to do them. It's just, it just isn't. But, you know, that's me. But do you have to? No. But what you need to do is you need to be smart. Stay diligent on your maintenance. Stay inquisitive. Stay observant. Stay methodical. Stay habitual. Stay engaged. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tannin Aquatics with this little quick thought. I hope you've enjoyed that and hope it maybe provides some food for thought. And I'll see you on the next installment of The Tint.